Okay, welcome back to the latest episode of What's the Dill? Today, we're going to do some top-line news, a couple of current subjects, and then I'm going to talk about the four things that I've learned in my four years of marriage. So stick around for that if you want to hear a little bit of my perspective and what I've learned in the past few years of being married. It was just my anniversary, and I wanted to talk about some of the fun, crazy, amazing, awesome things about marriage and what I've learned. So a little bit of top-line news. Um, I don't know if you've seen, but there's a lot of strikes going on. There's kind of this debate and this this uh, this tension of workers versus corporations. There's a strike out in the auto workers, the UAW strike um, in Missouri, in Michigan, in Ohio. There's a strike that just finished in Hollywood, the writer's strike, and there's now an actor strike going on. But there's a lot of strikes going on um, about work and corporations and unions. And this brings out a lot of different perspectives, which I find so interesting. So it's challenging to talk about. It brings up a lot of issues in, inside of us, you know, money, trust with people who are have the money that are given to us through work and work and what that means and workers' rights. And one thing I wanted to say is that, you know, let's remember that work brings dignity to people. The Catholic Church teaches us that that Adam had a job in the Bible to name all the animals. There was work even in the Garden of Eden, which was paradise. So there's dignity in work, but humans have dignity and corporations need to respect that. And corporations are pushing the limits of what that means every single day. They wanna maximize profits and minimize the cost. And a lot of times us workers, we're the cost. We are a part of that cost. So, you know, corporations are pushing the limits of what that means for us, how to, how, you know, what it means to have rights as a worker, what it means to have rights, um, you know, and a fair working environment. Um, so, you know, I think that if you haven't seen what these um, strikes are all about, the, the auto worker strike and then the Hollywood writer strike, I encourage you to go read about it. Listen to the perspective. Listen to the perspectives of those who are striking because I know it's been really good for me and it's challenged me to kind of, um, you know, have open eyes and open ears about what it means to work and be a part of a union. Um, and, you know, the church teaches that, you know, we have uh, dignity as humans and we are not just economic units. We are not just for the benefit of corporations. So when corporations are saying, oh, what do you need all this time for? Just work all the time, make us the money. We work really hard for our bonuses. You know, let's also hold some truth to that, hold some truth to corporations. Um, and then as workers, let's also know that there's dignity in work. You know, working a lot or, you know, working is a part of our life. And it's, it's something we do that brings us dignity because it's, being a part of the community, it's being part of society. Being part of society means that we're contributing. So when we contribute to society and contribute our little sliver, that's important and that has dignity. So I encourage you all to go look at the strikes, go look at some Instagram or TikToks or articles or whatever you want to see kind of um, the perspectives of these unions and then the corporations, why there's strikes and why um, people are striking and then why also corporations are fighting for their end of, um, you know, profits and keeping the company running and operations. So really interesting and challenging conversations going on. I encourage you all to look out, go look out for it. I encourage you all to look at the church's teachings on unions, on workers' dignity, workers' rights, fair labor environments. It's really great stuff. 
um, and very current for our time. Another piece of top line news, Pope Francis came out and said that life must be protected from womb to tomb. Euthanasia, that ain't right. Abortion, that ain't right. And we as Christians need to make sure that we are helping life every step of the way. And I think it's important for the Pope to come out and talk about this because life issues are coming up all the time. You know, when we hear about abortion, we hear about, um, you know, before the, the child is born. But there's also a lot of stuff that happens after the child is born that we need to support mothers. We need to support mothers who are um, working really hard for their kids. And obviously, money and health benefits don't just grow on trees that you can pluck from. So our society needs to help mothers and help young families. Because, you know, I have kids of my own. It's not easy. And thank you, God, we've been blessed. And it's still not easy to, you know... Uh, raise kids in a healthy environment. So as Christians, you know, we are called to protect life from womb to tomb, but we're also encouraged to protect life in that journey too. Let's not just forget that people have different perspectives on life. People have different um, upbringings, socioeconomic uh, backgrounds, and they're not like you. You know, someone you're listening to this, you're watching this, there's other people out there who are not like you. There's other people there who are not from the same state, the same socioeconomic background, the same class, the same race. Like people are different than each other, particularly in America, we're a melting pot. And it's not fair for us to just say, hey, my life is the way it is and I accept that. So why can't everyone just think and act exactly the way that I act? You know, I had a kid, I, I, I did it. That's pretty, it's, it's not that bad. Why would any mother have any trouble raising a kid? Guess what? People are different. People have different challenges, different issues, and we are encouraged to protect life and also to encourage the value and dignity of life of all lives, mothers' lives, babies' lives, young children's lives. We need to encourage our societies and our and our governments and encourage our churches to help everyone every step of the way to get from wound to tomb because, you know, uh, life must be protected every single second. So, I think it was really great that the Pope came out and said, like, hey, let's remember that our call is also to protect life and to value life and to promote life. You should read the article. Catholic News Agency came out and had a great article on Pope Francis talking about protecting life. And then a last little bit of top line news. If you're a football fan, then yeah, I got great big awesome news for you. The Dolphins are awesome. A little bit about me. I'm a Miami Dolphins fan. You might say, wait, Pete. You grew up in New Jersey, didn't you? Yes, I grew up in a land of Giants and Jets fans. I've seen my friends who are Giants fans win two Super Bowls. I've seen my friends who are Jets fans have miserable seasons every year. So, okay, that was okay. But I was a Dolphins fan in the midst of not Dolphins fans. And it's been really hard. The Patriots have, when I was a kid, the Patriots won 20 out of 19, or 19 out of 20 division titles when I was growing up, 19 out of 20, 19 out of 20 years, the Patriots, the best team in the division that my Dolphins are in. It's really hard, but this year is different. The Dolphins are on fire. If you are not a football fan, become a football fan and join the Dolphins bandwagon. We got a lot of room. We're really exciting. We got the best offense. They just scored 70 points on the Dolphins. And to see ESPN and people talk about how the Dolphins are awesome, I'm just like, whoa, what do I do with this? How do I even handle this information because I'm not used to the Dolphins being so great and seeing them on power rankings boards and seeing them be so great. But Tua, Mike Daniel, Tyreek, all the Dolph, you know, the defense, Christian Wilkins, everyone is just so fun to watch. It's brought me so much joy the past three weeks. 
And, you know, I'm pumped for the Dolphins. Got to be honest, I already looked up where the Super Bowl is. It's in Vegas. So, I, I, I don't know. I don't, I don't know what God has for me. You know, I, I, I don't know God's plans. But maybe, hopefully, it involves the Dolphins the Super Bowl and me being there. Maybe I'll record a podcast. I, that's it. I will record a podcast live from the Super Bowl if the Dolphins make it. You heard it here first. Got to check with the wife. About to go into the anniversary stuff. So we know that's important. But I'm super excited about the Dolphins season. And this is also just a way of kind of for you to know me a little bit better that I love sports. I love the Miami Dolphins. That's my one of my that's my NFL team. So they're having a great year. Um, you know, let me know if you're a football fan. Let me know if you're a Dolphins fan. And uh, I hope you can hear that, you know, the enjoyment that's come the past few weeks of being a Dolphins fan. Okay, so now that we talked about some top line news, let's get into the meat of this podcast episode. Like I said earlier, I just celebrated my wedding anniversary, my fourth wedding anniversary. And I want to talk about four things that I've learned in the past four years. Now I've learned a lot. I could talk about 500 things, things I've learned about myself, learned about my wife, learned about marriage, learned about family, learned about fatherhood, learned about a lot. But in terms of, you know, uh, I don't know, I'll say in terms of catchy titles sake, I'll say four things that I've learned in four years of being married. Um, so much to say, so much that I feel so much I'm still learning. And that's even, that's even crazy to, 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 to see, to learn is that I'm still learning more and more and more about myself, about my marriage, about God, about who I am, who I am as a man. So we'll jump right into it. First thing that I've learned in the four years of being married, God's timing is better than your timing. And I'm talking about everything. I'm talking about discernment. Talk about discernment where you might be single right now. You might be saying to yourself, hey, I'm ready to be married. I have X, I have Y, I have Z, I've worked on myself, I have the right job, I have the right moment, I have the right community, I'm ready to be married. Why isn't there a spouse in my life? But I promise you this, God's timing is better than your timing. God is constantly working on us. A lot of times we think about marriage and say, oh, like, I'm, uh, you know, ready to be married right now. Or, you know, I'm not ready to be married in ten, for 10 years but God's timing is better than your timing. For me, I didn't really know where I was going to be married. I didn't really know how I felt about um, the timing. I wasn't one of those people that was like 22 and graduated college and said, well, now it's time to get married. I was not one of those people. But I know right before I met Tanya, my producer, I said to the God, I said to God, you know, Lord, like, I don't really know when you have marriage for me on the table. Maybe it'll be 10 years from now. And I said, you know what? If it's 10 years from now, I'm a guy in my late thirties and I get married. That's okay. I'm okay with that. And what's crazy is I remember praying about that. And like two months later, I met my wife. Two months later, I met my wife and it supercharged the process of, you know, dating, courtship, engagement, marriage. So God showed me that his timing was better than my timing. Because I said, well, maybe I should wait 10 years and just focus my career. And he said, or right now. It's happening right now, ready or not. And I know a lot of times people have trouble um, waiting. People have trouble waiting. It can be hard to wait for God to put a spouse in your way. And you try and you date or you're, you know, you're on apps or you're meeting people. And it can be challenging. But I promise you this, God's timing is better than your timing. And that goes for everything. You know, for me, my... 
I got engaged in April. We got married in September. I'll be honest. April kind of came to me. I said, oh, I feel like we should get engaged in April. I didn't really think that wedding venues would have already been booked for the summer and the fall. I just said, all right, let's get engaged this Easter. That'd be a great time to do it. There was barely any wedding venues available. But there was one weekend on September 21st, 2019 at a great venue here in Texas in the Austin area. And people said, wow, that's a pretty short engagement. That's like four and a half months. I don't know if that's, you know, that's pretty crazy. But we said, you know what? We just feel like we know what we're ready. This is the time we can get all the details done. If we put our head down, let's just do it. Let's kind of be crazy and get married really quickly. And we trusted that that's what God was saying to us. And we believed in each other, me, me and Tanya. And we got married. And guess what happened? Six months later, a pandemic broke out after we got married that wiped out wedding venues and weddings across the country for two years. And everything we were looking at was in March, 2020, April, 2020, June, 2020. And every venue said, oh, this is a great time here. This is a great time. Oh, this is perfect. And people even said, oh, you know, maybe you should wait a little bit and, you know, get your ducks in a row and and plan this perfect wedding and do it in April, 2020. If we listened to that, we would have had our wedding completely different. And we had an amazing wedding that day and it was perfect. And it was a perfect day. We loved it. And people came everywhere and we celebrated this awesome wedding. And it's what we felt like God was saying to do. Yeah, get married in September, 2019. We could have never imagined that a pandemic would have happened. So God's timing was better than our timing, better than society's timing that was saying, hey, you should probably wait a year engagement, you know? Why? We were ready. We made the details happen, you know? And we felt like that's what God wanted us to do. And so it was perfect. Again, it was a perfect example of why sometimes what society says isn't what God is saying, but God's always got a better plan. Um, And then, you know, something I'm constantly learning on this about, you know, God's timing is everything with career and work and housing and all these things. Like, you know, I'm learning still this very moment to trust God more and more with my career, with what Backseat Media and What's the Deal podcast, what all these things mean and how I can keep doing them and how it can be a part of my future. And also housing and where we're planting roots. These are all questions that are on my mind and on my heart. And trusting that God's timing is, uh, you know, better than my timing for these things is a challenge for me. So not just about spouse, you know, spousal stuff, but also, you know, earthly things and details. I've learned that God has a plan for my life and he's carrying it out every day. And I need to trust more and more and more that he's writing the script of my life and that he's the greatest script writer that ever happened. And I encourage you to trust in God's timing and he has a plan. He has a plan for your life and it involves details in your life. It involves people in your life. It involves the wants of your life. And that's what I've learned. Second thing I've learned, you're playing the infinite game. Do not be afraid to communicate the things in your heart, the things that you're feeling, the things that you're, you're thinking because you're playing the infinite game. Divorce is not an option. Like, I'm I'm saying it. If you think divorce is an option and you have that escape hatch, it's easy to go inward and hide the things I'm feeling, um, hide the things you're thinking, hold grudges, let resentment grow because you think, hey, if it gets really, really bad and it builds, I'll just pull the escape hatch and get divorced. Marriage is about playing the infinite game. Yeah, 50, 60, 70, 80 years. I don't know how health 
you know, health, uh, you know, uh, advancements are going to go. So maybe we have 80 years married together, you know, maybe like 70, 50, but I have to learn, I've had to learn how to communicate what I'm thinking clearly to Tanya. I've had to learn to express that things affect me, that I actually am affected by words that are said to me or my environments or my life. Like I actually have emotions about them, not just packing them away. I have to learn, I've learned that I have to communicate what I'm thinking and figure it out. You have to communicate and figure out the problems. There's going to be challenges. There's going to be problems. There's going to be issues that come up in your marriage. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. There are going to be issues in your marriage. If you just got married and you have no issues, issues are coming. If you're not married at all and you think it's all going to be great, issues are coming. If you've been married for 10 years, you probably know issues came and there's going to be more that are going to come down the road. Issues, challenges, problems are going to arise. You have to be a team together and you have to figure it out and you have to communicate clearly what you're thinking. And sometimes it's just like, hey, when you said this, it made me feel sad or depressed or angry. Or when you treated me like this, it made me uh, feel upset or maybe feel insecure. Or, you know, I didn't like the way you spoke to me in that way. And then that also comes back to, hey, Pete, uh, when you spoke like this, it made me feel bad. When you spoke like that, it made me um, upset or, you know, whatever it is. I'm not perfect. And so what I've learned is that it's the infinite game. Figure it out now. Figure it out now. Do not be afraid to dig in, talk, communicate, figure it out. Because it's not just about saying, hey, can things be at uh, a baseline of very good? And if it gets below that for a certain amount of time, okay, now we're getting divorced. No, it's about saying, hey, how can we as a team together figure it out and communicate and figure out these problems and challenges together? And then as you do it together, you grow and grow and grow and grow and grow. And you're able to take on challenges and problems better together as a team. And you have habits of communication and you have like ways of talking that you can build growth. And it's not just always starting from zero and always saying like, hey, I'm really upset because I'm scared of the future or whatever it is. But you're able to express yourself and able to talk. You know, I've learned that I've been able to talk more clearly and communicate what I'm feeling more clearly. And that's helped alleviate problems. That's helped stop problems in his tracks. That's all been able to help us grow, not even have problems that things maybe maybe that things would have been problems a few years ago. So play the infinite game. Marriage is an infinite game. Do not have an escape hatch. Figure it out now. Guys, have the courage and have the humility to talk to your wife and figure it out. Women, God bless you. You know, support your support your guys and uh you know, support your guys in helping figure these out and under, please give us some grace to know that's not so easy just to talk about all these emotions and all these things that we're feeling and that, you know, society sometimes has programmed us to not feel these things so deeply. So give us some grace, but figure it out together. Number three thing I've learned in four years of marriage, keep God at the center of your life. Keep God at the center of your marriage. God is the source of your strength. God is the source of your strength, not you. For guys out there, you might think, hey, I'm really strong. I can do this. My will is strong. So that's why my wife's going to marry me because my will is strong. Wrong. Your will might be strong, but it will run out. Your wife should marry you because she knows that your strength comes from God. That God is the source of your strength, not just you. I've said this. 
you know, I, and I, I love being, you know, I, I'm into, you know, being physical and, you know, weights and being healthy, but it's not important. It's not as important that my wife sees me that I'm going for runs and lifting weights as it is for her to see me pray. I've said that when times I realize and I've learned that my wife needs to see me praying to know that my strength and my wisdom is coming from God, that I'm discerning my life through God. So fellas, open your Bible, go to adoration, go to church, go to confession. Your wife needs to see you acting holy and chasing after God. Not saying you have to be perfect, but your wife needs to know that you are discerning your life and where your family should go and what you should do through God, not just your strength. Because I know as a guy, it's easy to say, hey, I am so good, I am so smart, I'm just a catch. And you know what? I'm, I, I'm out here, you know what? I'm just, I'm gonna keep coasting on my talents and my charm. I promise you the charm runs out, the, cha the talents have a limit, the good looks fade. You know, I got little wrinkles right here. The good looks fade, but God's strength never runs out. And we need to rely on God's strength for our families and for our lives. So that's something I've learned and that's been a really, really hard pill to swallow because I want my family to know that I'm super strong and I do think I have great willpower. And I think that plays into the Christian life too, is having the willpower to keep being consistent, consistent in prayer, consistent in service, consistent in sacrifice. But most of all, my family needs to know that Christ is the center of my life, the center of my marriage, the center of our family, and that's where we're running to. We're not being led by me because I'm so strong. We're being led by Christ and my willpower is used to follow God's voice. And then that sets the standard for how our wives, how our families um, pray, live our lives, and then the traditions of our family. That we as a family pray, we as a family rely on God, we as a family are chasing after God. That is the center of our lives. That's how we make decisions. That's how we talk. That's how we go about our lives, that Christ is the center. So this is a little more guy focused, but it, you know, something I've learned. So, you know, <laughs> I got to speak to, speak to, you know, what I've learned. I can't really speak to the, the female perspective, but that's what I've learned. Guys, keep God at the center, rely on his strength, not your own strength. Okay. And last thing that I've learned, and this is one of my favorites, it's a little more fun. Um, don't skip dessert. Now, what does that mean? You go to a restaurant, you're with your wife, you're on a date night, you worked all week, it's Friday night, you got a sitter, you're paying a sitter, you go to a restaurant, you wait in line, it was a little bit more expensive than you want, and you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, we got to pay the sitter if we wait another hour, it's going to be longer, we're going to pay her more, the dinner, you know, the entree's a little expensive, the drinks were more expensive, a little smaller than you thought, you're sitting there and you're saying, oh, should we pay for it, what's the budget this week? Well, everything is telling you just to skip the dessert. My motto is don't skip the dessert. Order the dessert. When you're out with your wife, order the dessert. Wives, when you're out with your husbands, order the dessert. Have fun. Don't be scared to have some fun. We have to trust that God is carrying out the details of our lives and God is, is like leading our lives and our families. And so it's so easy to get concerned with the business of life and budgets and this and that all important. But that can also become a master where it's just like the budget is this, the this, the, the babysitter is this, the timing is this, we have to do this, I have to get back because of all the, we have to spend on this. 
But sometimes it's fun to just be spontaneous and get the dessert. Just get the dessert, enjoy life, enjoy the quality time together. Don't be scared to just say, you know what? Let's just get dessert. Let's just enjoy it and enjoy the dessert together, the sweets. Maybe it's a little bit unhealthy for you. Maybe it's a little bit over budget. Maybe it's, you know, gonna hit, you know, hit the, uh, you know, spend a little more time at the restaurant. You have to pay the babysitter a little more. But that quality time and those moments you have together are so worth it. I think back the past few years of my marriage and the past few years of my relationship with, with, you know, my producer, Tanya. And it's like all these little moments that are fun and spontaneous and quality time and going on hikes and restaurants and traveling and little moments in our apartment and sitting together and all these moments that weren't planned and some planned, but it's all about being together and being in the moment and spending this quality time. So as important as the business of life is and important as um, budgets are and as important as future planning is, and those are important, don't get me wrong, don't skip dessert. Do not skip dessert. Just enjoy it guilt-free. Just do it and enjoy the moment together and just have the quality time and know and trust that God is taking care of the details of your life. God is the CEO of our lives. Let's trust that he's looking out for us so we can have dessert sometimes. Not every single day. Dessert's ruined when you have dessert every single day. It's a special treat. But when you're out with your wife, when you're out with your husband, have the dessert. Do not skip dessert. Okay, that's it for me today, y'all. Thanks for watching. Thanks for checking in and listening to some of the things I've learned in marriage and some of the news that's happening in the world. I hope you enjoyed it. I hope you uh, enjoyed listening to um, my perspective on some of these things. I know I had a lot of fun making it. Um, yeah, please reach out with any of the things you've learned in marriage or relationship or any of the thoughts you have on your discernment. Um, reach out to me. Tell me what you think. If you're looking for a spouse, tell me your experience. I'd love to hear your experience and maybe where I can learn about some of that experience that you're having. So reach out to me, comment, tell me what you think. Um, and I'd love to hear from you. Thank you all for watching. Talk to y'all soon. Peace. Bye.